standing on the word of scripture If you were to be standing with you Never I'll be gonna budge We ain't going nowhere We standing on the word of scripture If you were to be standing with you Because of his grace and love We ain't going nowhere Hey everybody, welcome to Faith and Beliefs Refuted, episode 31. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. Excuse me. So today, um, David is going to talk to us about the priesthood and why Mormons believe that they still have and hold and why this priesthood continues on. Um, And then we're going to look at uh, some the Christian worldview of the priesthood and the Christian view and what the Bible actually has to say about the Aaronic and the Melchizedek priesthood. So we're going to go ahead and jump in and let David uh, take it away and tell us about the priesthood. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints talk a lot about the priesthood. The priesthood is the power and authority of God. Earth was created through priesthood power. The miracles Christ performed were through the priesthood. In both ancient and modern times, God has allowed some of us mortals to hold and exercise a tiny bit of that priesthood power and authority. I love the way he uh, emphasized tiny bit. In ancient times, it was the Levites who held what was called the Levitical priesthood, also known as the Aaronic priesthood, named after Moses' brother Aaron. The Bible talks about ordination to the Aaronic priesthood in Exodus. And thou, Moses, shalt put upon Aaron the holy garments, and anoint him and sanctify him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt bring his sons and clothe them with coats, and thou shalt anoint them as thou didst anoint their father, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, It doesn't talk about ordination. None of this, literally none of this says anything about ordination. This is anointing. This is anointing them with oil. This is, the as everything else in the temple, the temple itself, um, the tabernacle at the time when the at the beginning of the Aaronic priesthood was anointed and all the things in it. And then when the temple was built, all the things in it were anointed. This does not say ordained. This is an absolute lie that David is telling. And it is a twisting of words and so on. The Aaronic priesthood was hereditary. It was gained by inheritance being descendants of Aaron That's why it was named after Aaron, and that's why it was called the Aaronic Priesthood, because only Aaron's sons could hold it. And so, um, yeah, and and the Levites held it. And uh, so, this was not a, a priesthood passed on by ordination. None of these verses, literally none of the verses that he's talking about here have anything to do with ordination. It's anointing. Bottom line, it's anointing. And the Aaronic priesthood was not passed on um, by ordination. It was passed on by inheritance. Just as the law of Moses was preparatory to the law of Christ, the Aaronic priesthood is preparatory to what we call the Melchizedek priesthood. 
When Christ came, he restored this higher Melchizedek priesthood. Paul talks about it in Hebrews. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek, and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Now, it's not just worthy Levite men who can hold the priesthood, it's all worthy men, no matter what tribe you may or may not be from. Christ, who wasn't a Levite, gave this authority to his apostles, who, except for maybe one, weren't Levites either. This really would have made the non-believers of his day super angry. Nonetheless, he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. Now, Okay, nowhere in scripture does it say that any of these men were given the Aaronic priesthood. Nowhere in scripture does it say any of these men were given the Levitical priesthood. And nowhere in scripture does it say any of these men were given the Melchizedek priesthood. I mean, he, he doesn't give you any verses at all to, to indicate that Jesus gave the priesthood to these men, that he ordained or anointed or anything to give these men this priesthood. Nowhere. And nowhere in the Gospels, nowhere does it show anything that these men were given any kind of a priesthood. Why is priesthood in general important? The priesthood is God's authority to perform ordinances like baptism and giving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Authority is crucial. If you get pulled over for speeding and a cop hands you a ticket, you've got to pay it. But if you get pulled over and the ice cream man tries to write you a ticket, no. Th that's not how it works. And the difference is authority. Baptism in any church is surely an act of faith, and I'm sure God is more than happy about it. But ordinances are only binding when performed by someone authorized to do so. Some faiths believe... Okay, so here is, is one of those little things where in all these videos David has gone and talked about, you do you, bro, and, and so on. But he just told you that if you are not in the Mormon church and you're baptized under the authority, your baptism is not binding. They believe that baptism is required for salvation. So you can't be saved unless you are baptized in a Mormon church under that authority. But again, when he talks about authority, nowhere in Scripture does it say that, that you had to have the priesthood authority to baptize. The priesthood were mediators in the temple performing sacrifices and, and so on on behalf of the people of Israel um, as sin offerings and so on. That's what the priests did. They were the mediators. And then in Hebrews, it talks about there's one mediator in Timothy and Hebrews, I believe. And excuse me. First um, Timothy 2.5. Uh, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 7.24. Um, it says that, that Jesus lives always to make intercession for them, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus is actually taking that that role of mediator, being the the high priest and the sacrifice. Jesus nullified the the need for an Aaronic priesthood or a Melchizedek priesthood. He is the 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 priest after the order of Melchizedek forever, and so he is the only Melchizedek priest there ever will be. Um, most uh, theologians will say that Melchizedek in the Old Testament was a Christophany, an appearance of Christ incarnate 
before um, the actual incarnation. So um, most people will agree to that. And so there, there is no need for mediators or so on. But there's nothing in scripture that says that you had to have a um, ordained priesthood to baptize. It, it's just not there. It's not a biblical statement. In a priesthood of all believers. In other words, if you essentially believe in Christ, you've got the priesthood. This idea is based off of 1 Peter 2.9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Latter-day Saints believe this is just Peter likening believers unto the Israelites in Exodus 19 when God said, If ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. We don't believe these verses justify a universal priesthood, especially since less than 10 chapters later, God instructs that only the Levites are to receive the priesthood. So we don't believe the priesthood was universal then, nor was it universal when Peter referenced Exodus, nor is it universal today. He just contradicted himself. He just talked about, well, we don't believe that this is a universal priesthood, a priesthood of all believers, because 10 verses later it says only the Levites can hold this priesthood. But yet you just said a few minutes ago that all, all worthy Gentiles can hold this priesthood. So what is it, David? You're, you're working your way around and you're, you're contradicting and you're, you're just a mess right now. You're, you're using arguments to prove one thing where you've already tried to use a, a, an argument to prove another thing. And so, yeah. So what is it? Is it anybody Gentile or anybody worthy Mormon Gentile can hold the priesthood? Or is it only Levites can hold the priesthood? Or could it be a priesthood of, uh, of all believers, as Peter says, um, with a unique high priest in Christ as a, a Melchizedek high priest? So this is what we believe as Christians. We believe that, that is a, it is a priesthood of, of all believers. Um, that we all act under the authority that Christ holds. You talked about authority. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. So we are acting under the authority of Christ. Again, a police officer outside of his off-duty or so on, if I'm... You know, if I'm jaywalking and he walks up to me in plain clothes, he really can't. I don't have to submit to him because I don't know what authority he's acting upon. I don't know who he is. And it's not absolutely the police officer holding the authority, it's the authority that the government has that he is operating underneath. So, and that's what, how the priesthood of all believers works. Christ holds the authority, we act under his authority we don't hold the actual authority it's his authority we operate under him so we exercise under his authority that he has been given there also exist what latter-day saints call priesthood keys essentially leaders within the priesthood hold priesthood keys that authorize them to direct the priesthood within their jurisdiction so to speak so, for example, a bishop holds the keys necessary to direct the priesthood in his congregation. A stake president holds the keys for that group of congregations. 
The president of the church holds all the keys necessary to direct priesthood holders worldwide. These priesthood keys were what Christ promised Peter in Matthew 16. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so you're, you're quoting Matthew, and the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Remember those words. Those are key words, because he's going to absolutely contradict that momentarily. You can only receive the priesthood through the laying on of hands by someone who already holds the priesthood. In the Catholic Church, they believe that priesthood line of authority has been passed down in an unbroken line through Peter all the way up to the current Pope. The reformist Martin Luther disagreed with the idea of that unbroken line and instead taught the priesthood of all believers doctrine that we discussed earlier, which most Protestants believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Latter-day Saints believe that after Christ and the apostles were killed, there was a falling away from Christ's teachings and the priesthood line was broken. But we believe it was restored by divine messengers to Joseph Smith in the early 1800s. So for Christ to say the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, and then to turn around and immediately say that the church died for 1800 years... There's a little bit of a contradiction. Do you really not believe that Christ is is uh, powerful enough and God is, is powerful enough to hold his church together, even a remnant throughout all time? Jesus, I mean, Jesus is pretty specific. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I would say a complete apostasy means that at least temporarily the gates of hell prevailed. And Christ makes it clear that that is not going to happen. So... Again, Christ, const, Christ holds the keys. Christ is the one who holds the keys of, of heaven and earth. He holds them. We operate under the authority that he has. That's a little priesthood crash course. Check out the link below for more info and have a great day. So there we go. So a couple of things, other things that I did want to mention just real quickly. Um, he talked about the the. Melchizedek priesthood and so on um, understanding the fact that Hebrews 7 and 8 pretty much just knock out the idea that there even needs to be an Aaronic priesthood. The Aaronic priesthood is done away with because they were the priests who were the mediators who performed the sacrifices for sin and so on for the people of Jerusalem. Christ nullified that when he went to the cross as high priest and sacrifice. So he died once for all. No other sacrifice is needed. Therefore, there's no need for the Aaronic priesthood. And again, the Aaronic priesthood was a, a genealogical line. It had to be Aaron's descendants. And there's nowhere in Scripture, there's nowhere you can show me anywhere where that was changed, where that was given over to anybody, any worthy person who just received it. It's not. It's a, it's a faulty premise. And then the issue of other people holding the Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7.24. 
Jesus is now the only he is the he is a priest after the the order of Melchizedek, um, which is comes out in Hebrews five. So so also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest, but he who said to him, "You are my son." Today I have begotten you, just as he also says also in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So we see that Christ is the priest after the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews 5. And then when we come up into Hebrews seven twenty four, it says, But Jesus, on the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his, his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able to he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So that's NASB. I'm going to read it again from the uh, the Mormons Mormons scripture, the King James LDS. This is mine from years ago that I've had for years, marked up from when I was LDS. But Hebrews seven. 2324 and there they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death but this man being Christ because he continueth forever hath an unchangeable priesthood so again we know that Christ is a priest after the order of Melchizedek he was not a levite well Mary had levitical uh a, a part of the Levitical line in her genealogy. Her cousin, Elizabeth, and her husband were Levites. And so there was obviously, so Jesus did have a Levitical line, but again, it says that he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. But this word, unchangeable, the literal meaning of this word is uh, untransferable does not pass from, um, not, uh, not given away. It, it literally is, um, let me get to, um, an unchangeable priesthood or a priesthood which passeth, passeth not from one to another. No one else can hold that Melchizedek priesthood. The Bible makes it very clear. Hebrews makes it very clear. The Melchizedek priesthood does not pass from one to another. There's only ever one priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was the king of Salem, the king of peace. Christ is the king of Salem. He is the king of peace. He is the king of glory. He is the only Melchizedek priest ever. Let me say that again. Christ is the only Melchizedek priest ever. So you have the the LDS church that that is operating on a Levitical priesthood that unless any of them happen to be of the tribe of Aaron, they cannot hold and they do not exercise in the manner with which it was prescribed biblically. And then they operate under a stolen priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, which they cannot hold because it doesn't pass from Christ. So there you have it. There you have an explanation of, of what the priesthood is, how the Mormon priesthood cannot stand up. It doesn't hold up to anything. And therefore, I would say that their baptisms are not valid, even just as he said, Christian, your baptism isn't valid if it's not under the authority of the Mormons. I, don't, I, I, can, I can confidently say there is no authority in an LDS baptism. 
and there's no authority authority held by any LDS priest, whether it be a 12-year-old deacon, a 14-year-old teacher, a 16-year-old priest, or any other supposed Melchizedek priest in the, the Mormon organization. It just doesn't exist. It's not there. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, um, you know, at least it had a little bit more substance than the Searstone things from last week. So um, if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to leave them in the comments below. Uh, subscribe, share the video. Um, if it's been a benefit to you, I hope it has been a blessing. I, I know I get a little heated sometimes as I say some stuff, but it's just because um, I came out of this and I, I understand the lie and I understand how, how angry a lot of people get as they come out of the Mormon church. And so if that's you, I empathize with you trying to temper that zeal that I have with some love and God is constantly working on me. So pray for me that I can uh, maintain an even keel as I continue to do these videos. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words they're necessary. Till next time, Soli Deo Gloria.